Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, hello, hello out there, my listening audience. It's your girl, Barbara McGee, celebrity makeup artist to the stars. Hey, this is Straight Talk with the Hired Brush, brought to you by the home of T25CL.com, who is allowing us to come across to you uh, through Galaxy Talk Radio. And we're really excited to be here today. My special co-host in the penthouse is Rodney Dexter, expert, and also... He is here after a hot day. How are you doing, Rodney? I am cool as ice. Oh, so you, <laughs> must, have, you must have had a better method than me because, trust me, it was on maximum out there. It was wonderful weather today, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I, I tracked in here. I put on, put on my ceiling fan, and I'm telling you right now, I am cool as ice. Oh, well, I am so glad to hear it. You know, um, I'm just thankful that we are here uh, on Galaxy Talk Radio, and this is Great Talk with the Hired Brush. And uh, we're here every Tuesday at 7.30. We were off last week because I was down in Los Angeles, uh, and it was very exciting to be in L.A., I'll have to say. It's one of my favorite places in the world. And uh, anyway, you know, you can definitely get sidetracked. But um, we're really excited to know that soon we'll have a red carpet event that is T25CL. So we're asking all our listeners to stay tuned. You know, we're going to have United We Stand, and that's going to be something that is going to to a premiere in the Bay Area, but also in, uh, I believe they said, uh, Redondo San Pedro. That's the city. That's the very special city. And so you guys keep watching the website at www.com. T25CL.com, so you can be there and get tickets and be included in the in crowd. You know, I'm, Rodney, I'm, go ahead. I'm so, I'm so looking forward to uh, to the to the uh, red carpet event. You know, I I, uh, I haven't been on a red carpet in in Los Angeles since I was a little boy. You know. Oh really? <laughs> well, 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 can I ask you? Uh, when you were a little boy, were you a child star or were you what? How did you become and uh, get invited to a red carpet event? Well, there, there was two things that happened in my life. When I got out of college, I came to California, and I happened to start working for a bank, you know, a bank with a station wagon. I don't want to mention any names. And uh, <laughs> having, having a challenge with my retirement from this bank, but that's okay. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I did some um, – some uh, some things dealing with um, some tennis players back in the day, and uh, and had an opportunity to be taking pictures with them and talking to them because I was the quote unquote community person for the bank. And then and then I um, had my two sons 
one was two and one was four to have almost five, uh, got an opportunity to get into motion pictures and television. And, really? Uh, yeah, and, uh, and uh, Rodney, my oldest son, he went to training. I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, Bershkin Management Company was the company that Rodney went with, and he had an opportunity to double for, uh, almost double for Webster back in those days. And we went to a couple of events. And then Jensen, uh, my middle son, he was um, featured with a couple of uh, African-American males as their baby son. So, you know, they had a chance to do some little commercials and got a little money, and then we moved up north, and the, I guess the, the wind didn't follow us. So, but but it was it was it was really fun, you know. I had a I had a good time when I was living in Washington. Wow, that's exciting! You know, a lot of people don't understand really what it means to be uh, a parent of a child star, or what the commitment is in entertainment. Because um, you know, it's a desirable profession, but not everybody can do it, and not everybody is accepted in it. And I've talked to a lot of people because of virtue of my you know, what I do for a living. And it's so funny how they say, well, I'm going to go hire an agent and I'm going to do this. And, you know, it's one of those things where you have to get accepted, that you yep. can't then go decide. It's that That's right. Thinking, mm-hmm, you invest in yourself and then you open yourself up for someone to look at you and kind of go over your physical appearance, you know, your technical training and kind of look into your soul and say, yeah or nah. You know, and not everybody can handle, you know, people that are that abrupt or people that tend to want to put you in a type or put you in a class. Because one of the most, I've heard somebody say once, who was the person that said the most segregated day in the week was the day that we all go to church? Because you know, people that are of color go to one church, and people that are not of color, they go to another church. Who was that that said that? I can't remember. But the truth I is... Know Dick, most- I, I know Dick Gregory said it quite a few times. But right. uh, just, to, just to piggyback on that Hollywood thing, when I, uh, when I met Judith Birch, Judy Birch, um, she told me with my, my son, you know, we were, I was at a picnic, uh, dealing with MGM um, Studios um, that got invited there from a couple of uh, people. And, and uh, she said, bring him. Told me to got a, got a photographer, did a, a photo album of him. And, and um, she said, we're not charging him any money. She said, understand. She said, if ever you're charged money in Hollywood, you've got a challenge. She said, if they want you, they're not going to charge you money. They're going to give you money. And I said, wow. Oh. oh, well, you know what? You were very lucky because nowadays I was just, and that's the topic of tonight. Tonight we're going to actually be open forum so everybody can call in. But we're talking about, you know, the housing crisis and how that relates to um, individuals that have been long-term residents in, let's say, Oakland, L.A., New York, Atlanta, uh, Dallas, and what's actually happening uh, with the rental crisis. And, but I did want to say this point, that the idea that people nowadays would give you money would be very difficult to say because 
There's over 100,000 people a month that come to Los Angeles, California. So it's one of those things where those people are saying, we can do what we want to do because we know that as soon as you get tired, we've got another person coming to take you over. <laughs> so it's kind of like that, you know. It, people are expendable. And roles are plentiful, and uh, they're looking for a certain type that will acquiesce, and that's it. Hey, we've got a caller on the line, and uh, I want to just acknowledge them. Let's see here. Hey, you're live on Straight Talk with the Higher Brush. State your name, and tell us, are you, and is your city in a housing crisis? I think every city in the Bay Area is in a housing crisis. This is Dr. Kwaku. Oh, that's a Well, everything is going great. Uh, you know, I'm having a, a great time getting acquainted with uh, T25CL Entertainment. Uh, wanted to make it that. I don't know if you guys know, but they're having a big meeting downtown at City Hall this evening. Oh, oh no wonder. About the housing crisis, people are, people are down there, too. I wanted to be there myself, but I had a business meeting already had scheduled, and I didn't find out for yesterday, but. I'm sure they'll have some others because people are really feeling the crunch when it comes to housing. And I, you know, I've worked with a lot of families and a lot of single mothers, and they are working. I mean, it's not like they own welfare or anything, but they cannot keep up with this housing crunch. In fact, one of my clients told me yesterday that she was paying almost $2,000 a month for a two-bedroom apartment and they was going to raise it this year another $450 because that's what the market calls for in that particular area where she lives in. So people are being forced to make choices on where they're going to live, and usually those places are going to be in the most run-down and the most crime-ridden areas where they can afford to live. But even those are becoming more and more expensive and out of the reach of the people who need the housing. You know, you you you're you're ideally totally correct uh, in what what's going on in inside of Oakland city limits, and this this change of population is really starting to hurt not one, but it's hurting many. And mm-hmm. when you know, and people, you know, Doctor Quaku, a lot of people just smiled and stood still when the when the rental control laws relaxed a year ago. And took effect took, took effect this year where people can in Alameda County can charge you what they want to charge you. And everybody was like, oh, you know, oh, he haw, he haw. You know, oh, I, I'm on guaranteed money. I ain't got to worry about it. I'm on Section 8. I ain't got to worry about it. Uh, I've been knowing my landlord for a year. I ain't got to worry about it. And when and when people came in with their pockets full of this money in the United States is auditing where the money is coming from, when they stop auditing that. It's um I said I said, Hey, you know, the only the only thing that's gonna happen is that they're gonna start moving people out much more rapidly than it's ever been done and, and, and now you you're starting to see it where the youth the youth cannot afford to live in the same neighborhood that they grew up in. And that's that's uh 
that's really something that's scary to see what's going to happen down the road. Well, well I, you know, I wanted, I wanted to say, um, what, what I found to be really interesting is uh, in comparison, all right, so for the last two years or so, this is, or maybe even longer than that, let's say it was quietly occurring in Oakland, California, so maybe for the past seven years, but it was not in a mass, nobody noticed. If it was happening to you, Rodney, you didn't really mention it to me, and I didn't talk to Pastor Kwaku about it because we all kind of suffered in silence, right? Like with the, with the housing crisis, with the mortgages, and people losing their homes. But this is a little bit different. And the reason why I say it is is because when we started to see that we were at at one point, you know, 55 or 60% of a city and now we're down to 22% of the city's population and also in Oakland, but and also when we start to see that our voices are not heard. And when I say our voices are not heard, what I'm saying is, is when I got back from L.A., I saw a lady, middle-aged white woman, she was on television, and she was saying that her rent was $17.50 for a two-bedroom in San Mateo. And, it, wow. it, it, and last month it went up to 2800 in San Mateo. And she, got, she was standing in front of city council office, and she said, I cannot afford to pay my pension, my medical, I cannot afford to pay for food, and I don't know how I'm going to continue. And they put a moratorium uh, for 90 days in San Mateo City to make sure that no one else goes through what she's going through. It's like this one woman, and God bless her, I'm so glad that that happened for her. But my question is, what are we not saying? As, native of, uh, as natives of Oakland, L.A., New York, Harlem, Atlanta, what are we not saying in our cry for help that it's causing us not to be able to get a political stand, you know, something to uh, stop it from happening, at least until we can get together, at least until we can get some legislation? Uh, Pastor Quaker, what do you think that is? Why, why, did, why was she able to be effective? Well, you know, the thing of it is is that we tend to organize and, and, and we disband very quickly. The good thing that's going on is Black Lives Matter and several other groups are starting up and they seem to be catching a fire right now and, and, and carrying this political agenda. And that's the same thing that has to take place in the housing. Why she was more successful, you know, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. But I know that uh, it's only going to get worse in the Bay Area because the, the big money people intend to turn the Bay Area into strictly tourist towns. Oakland's going to be a tourist town. San Francisco is a tourist town. San Francisco wants that 40% of, of African Americans. Now it's 4.5%. But what, here's the real kicker, the reason why the housing, you know, rental properties are so high. Most people cannot afford to buy homes, and a lot of people lost their homes in the big housing bus. So now the, the the people, the renters, the people who are renting properties out, they had they see such a high demand for rental properties that they are just constantly going up on their prices. They used to be limited to a, a small percentage. Now they're starting to gouge. 
you know, like woman, she said, they usually go up about $30 or $40 a year, but this year they're going up $450. So it shows you that these people know the value of what they do. You know how property is valued. They go in a certain area. At how, if you buy a home and you look at it and they say, well, all the other houses on this block go for $500,000. So consequently, your house, if it's up to code, is probably, uh, you know, worth four or $500,000. Well, now they're doing the same thing with rental properties, the property that rents uh, uh, by the lake. I can remember the day when you could rent a property down by the lake for $1,300. Now they're $3,000 and more. And so unless we can, can really mobilize, which is one of the reasons I hope they keep this thing going that they're doing down at the City Hall tonight, because that's what's going to have to take place. They're going to have to do uh, a similar organization like Black Lives Matter or whatever and keep the heat on, because the big money people are not going to give in without a fight. Well, I would agree with you, and I'm so glad that you reminded us. Yes, absolutely. I just got... Uh, live in off the ticker tape here. <laughs> it says uh, Oakland City Hall Council Overflow Room. We are working to bring a sustainable housing and fair commercial real estate practices to our city. Thank you for um, it says for catalyzing me after um, I guess they've organized and everybody's gone down there tonight to make their voices heard. So we stand with you guys uh, as you're trying to get some kind of policies and protection for long-term renters. Now, we're not talking about people who um, are missing paying their rent. We're talking about people who, Rodney, are making sacrifices such as, you know, sacrificing their, their food. We're talking about people who are sacrificing gas for the car. We're talking about people who are sacrificing their recreational money if there was ever such a thing in the budget. You know, like That's they're right. going out money, they're bowling money, they're, uh, we're talking about people who are sacrificing, you know, even if your child goes to public school, I've got a kid in public school, and oh my goodness, you know, it's, I was talking to one of the parents, and, they, and I mentioned, oh, my child goes to this particular public school, and she said, oh, huh, that school is $5,000, in ancillary in um, every year that, that you will have to come up with just to keep the kids on track. And I was in shock when she said that, but you know what? It's absolutely true. I never added it up all together. Um, I wanted to uh, just, you know, I just left uh, Southern California, and I wanted to give you guys a little sense, our listeners, everybody you're listening to. Straight Talk from the Hired Brush. I'm your girl, Barbara McGee, with my co-host. Rodney Beth, we're in the penthouse tonight discussing Open Forum with Pastor Kwaku, who has a show on Thursday, Soul Vibration. And our topic for the night, Open Forum, you can call in if you like, um, at 1-724-444-7444. And my caller ID for this show is 131-959-POUND. And then, of course, your pin is one pound. And I'm texting everyone on my favorite listeners uh, so that you can call in. But we're talking tonight about the housing crisis and how it affects you where you are. All right. So it, when you're figured in for a loan, Pastor Krakow, uh your loan, the way they figure that out is what you make on paper, you know, with your W-2s, no more stated income, just what you make with your W-2s, 
And then they figure out what your expenditures are, and then they figure out your mortgage should be right around 28 to 35%, but no more than that over your total income. So let's say if you're going to have a mortgage of 1500 you should be making six or seven, you know, maybe $8,000 to be able to afford that. That's the way, that is how it's charted. But can you believe this? Listen to some of these figures. In Los Angeles, they say, uh, this is according to LA Weekly, 48.9% of the portion of the average Los Angeles income per household goes and is spent on rent. Yeah. So that's almost 50%. And I know when I resided in L.A., you know, it's like, you know, all sorts of ways you can live with someone. I mean, you can live with someone, and like I rented, I'm not ashamed to say, but I rented a couch, you know, in the living room. And so that was my space in the couch, and that was 800 But we were, like, in this beautiful place, and we were right in the greatest location. And I think that we, as people of color, have got to understand that it's not about so much your education anymore as it is about your location. And location, location is everything. And so if you have to move in order to be able to find your uh, correct, uh, how would I say, the correct combination, meaning the correct housing, the correct transportation to support your lifestyle, and to find out the, the correct employment. I mean, this is what we have to consider. So, Pastor Quaker, I'm asking, what happens, in your professional opinion, to someone who is spending, if their rent goes up, let's say, from 1750 to 2400 and they only make 3500 what happens to them and to the dynamic of that household if you're looking at one parent raising kids? Yeah. Well, just what you were just saying. People are letting PG&E go until they have to pay it. They're giving up on all the other necessities. They're eating a poor quality of food. They have to sacrifice everything. People are letting say, well, Instead of having $500 deductible on my car, now I have $2,000 deductible so they can bring their choice down. Because you have to make up that money somewhere. And if your job, most people's job, you know, they don't get those kind of percentage increases on your salary every year or however they do it on your particular website. And so what's got to go down is that we've got to – collaborate together, not just with the march that they're doing downtown Oakland tonight, but it needs to start happening in all of the cities around here. And not only the renters, but the, also the owners, the house owners need to organize with them because as these things go, as the rentals go up, the other, the, the, the purchases from housing market goes up also. So what you have here. Like I think it's like about 35 uh, cities in, in in America where the average person, if they were making twenty dollars an hour, they would not be able to live. So yeah, it, it's just so thought... it's just so many things you can stretch, you know, to try to make the rent. You got to pay the rent because you'd be out on the street. But I've been in people's homes 
they had beautiful homes and didn't have no electricity because they had to let it get cut off because they had to make the house note. Well, you know something? I'm going to tell you something. That's very interesting that you even brought up that. You know, um, you know, you, you know, the privilege that you have of going into someone's home is really not something that we even uh, do so much anymore. I mean, I remember I used to get invited over. Maybe, I don't know, Rodney, maybe I'm not the best guest. But my point <laughs> is, <laughs> nobody yeah. invited me, Rodney. I don't know. But, 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 but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I would love to have a house party. I would love to have my friends over and have people in your house and, and things like that, but it's just not done anymore. And the reason why is because that extra income, you really don't want to let people know that you're at the rim. You're paying all you've got to stay and hold on to what you have, which is not really even actually yours. And I want to, I want to say this, too, also, because I think this is very important. I want to read this to you. And, and, and this is something, you know, I'm studying, and um, Pastor Kwaku being my uh, mentor, trying to uh, just sharpen up my skills as I move into the last stage of my life, you know, getting older and trying to make sure that, you know, I stay sharp and stay ready for my next, uh, uh, how do I say, my next upgrade, if you will. <laughs> but anyway... I wanted to say this is what's said in my textbook. It says, uh, America has become the land of less opportunity, and the chances of your moving up are all tied to a complex mix of geography, race, health, and your education. She also said, the position, uh, this is Charles Murray speaking, a political scientist. He says, the only hope of reviving the American dream, now that's what we're all tied to, in the sense of what we think we should have and how we compare ourselves to what we do have, that measuring margin. And it says, to restore America's civic values and to close the civic gap between the rich and the poor. Um, so he goes on to say that the only hope for America to have its dream lies in having a robust middle class because the robust middle class is what keeps the entire engine going. But Rodney, aren't, didn't they just pass a law? I mean, aren't we supposed to be getting $15 an hour from 10? What do you think you know, about that, Rodney? I thought we were getting more money. Well, they 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 are – there is a law that was passed where people are going to be getting more money. But, you know, just to, to piggyback a little bit on what you and Dr. Kwaku said, you know, my first opportunity in, in California was with that stagecoach company, and I was a loan officer. So I was there to approve, approve home mortgages and at the same time see people's lives change. And, you know, the debt-to-income ratio at that time was functioning at 40 and 42%. It, it slipped back, slipped back to to thirty some percent when we were in the really really good times. But the point that's going on today, there's two things that has occurred. Diversity occurred in move people out of areas. So when you don't have a large number of a certain group in 
area, your voice becomes weaker. Understand what I'm saying? Your voice becomes weaker. Then there was a, a realignment of political voting areas. So now they don't. you don't have the same large body of people in one area. Then they realign it and put some more people in one area, took people out of one area, and said, now let's vote for a candidate for this realigned area. And they put a person in office. So, you know, when I hear about Black Lives Matter, when I hear about demonstrations about what we can do to make a change, I look at past council, not past, but um, council person, retired council person, Leo Brazil, uh, retired council person, uh, uh, God, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking I can see him, and I can't, can't call his name. Maybe I'll get in a minute with But all these African-American men and women that were in political offices that were assisting not only the African-Americans in the city of Oakland, they were assisting the minorities in the city of Oakland. Today, my question to you, Barbara, Dr. Kwaku, and everyone is listening, who owns the property? We don't know who owns the property. Why oh, don't yes. who owns the property? You know? You're absolutely right. Who owns the property that's making all this money in the city? Who owns this property? Because we don't have anyone downtown. Deadly, she, she's saying things, but who do we have downtown that's saying, well, such and such group own this property and we need to control this? We got a mayor in there, and I know Barbara, she's a you know, person that you like, but anyway, we got a mayor. Oh, in no. There. I don't. I never said that. I never said I liked her. But go ahead. I'm listening. But we got a mayor there that said, "Hey, I want to bring control to the city of Oakland." What is she doing? What is she I, doing I, about people's lives? You know, come on, come on, Alameda County. Think about it. Come on, city of Oakland. What is she doing to people's lives? You know, absolutely, Rodney. This is what blows my mind. When I was, when I just heard just a couple of days ago that somebody bought Jack London Square. How is that even possible? How does a group organize and purchase Jack London Square from the city of Oakland? And I thought about that myself. I thought about all that we were told, excuse me, about how um, when Yoshi's went in there, how much taxpayer money went in there to support Yoshi to bring culture and to upgrade, you know, with her multi-million-dollar facility there? And then I remember how they said, "Well, we're going to take Borders Books and turn it into the bowling alley." And again, they took taxpayers' money and they facilitated something, some kind of stirring pot up there, to make that happen. But yet, still, we can't do anything to secure the Raiders. When, yep. when you park your car over there, that's $80. I mean, they have a sliding scale, Patrick Kwaku, from $35 to $120 just to park your car. <laughs> they, they, want, they want you to pay $670 to park an RV at the Raiders Stadium for game day. So you're talking about 
an additional $600 to your season ticket if you're in the upper nation like myself, two tickets that cost me $570. So you're talking $1,100 where you can park inside the stadium and go into the game. And outside the stadium, they're charging you $30 a game to park your car. You know, I said, I said, you know, that's that's so weird how someone who's not connected with the organization is making this money when when the organization is saying, hey, we're we're making money, but we're not making the money, you know, with the things going going on around here. I mean, come on, let's look at it realistically here. Eight the uh, the, the train Amtrak gave up. All the property around the stadium and said, "We want to, you know, we're going to let people pay us, and then we're going to let them charge money for the Raiders games." I mean, we were parking around, we were parking around Amtrak and around there for free. Now it's thirty, forty dollars a game, win or lose. What did you say? Win or lose? Stop it. Win or lose. Win or lose. You know, it's never no ten dollar park, no no fifteen dollar park. It's thirty, forty, and fifty dollars. And I'm like, man, well, Bart, Bart closed their put gates up around their areas. So the only way you you get in, they're gonna make sure you pay before you can go in. You used to be able to drive up into into Bart on a Raiders game uh, Sunday game and park for free. Not anymore. In in last thing, come on, people. From $925,000 for a season for the stadium to $3.5 million, that's a big jump. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a big that the Raiders yeah. So how many jobs is the city council and the mayor of Oakland taking away from the people that live in Oakland because of the big jump in the cost of what people are going to have to pay or, or the, the uh, Raiders organization is going to have to pay just to cover this big jump in rent. Absolutely. Everybody, you're listening to www.t25cl.com where you can download music and you can support your local artists. We invite you to check out and look at our website. See what it is that we have to offer. Galaxy Talk Radio has several shows now. We have Monday Night Compton Politics coming live from Los Angeles at 7.30 Tuesdays, your girl, Straight Talk from the Hired Brush with Rodney Best and Barbara McGee discussing uh, very um, uh, very hot topics and also having special guests that you'll enjoy. We have Wednesdays, we have Rosalind's Corner, and she's our entertainment guru, and she's bringing you everybody from the whispers to uh, the shy lights. So check her out, 730. Then we have Thursdays, Pastor Kwaku, who is our guest tonight in the penthouse, and he and Corey uh, Jeffries have uh, soul vibrations. And then, of course, uh, on uh, Fridays, we have a Sandra Keys with Keys to the Kingdom. So we're asking you guys to support us and come on out and watch our, uh, listen to and participate in the Galaxy Talk Radio families of shows. Okay, so let me get back to this. All right, so Pastor Quaku, here's an interesting thing that's happening. The byproduct, the byproduct of not being able to know if you are going to be this place and in this space next year, the byproduct of having to downsize to the point where you go from having a house, because remind you, we've already gone through the housing crisis 
So many of these people, Pastor Kwaku, already had a house and were swept up in the loss of housing uh, and loss of personal wealth, that opportunity for personal wealth in 2006 to, let's say, 2011. So then they went into renting uh, until it became a buyer's market unless they could clean up the credit, reorganize. Many families split up because, you know, losing a house means that um, a lot of families don't survive from that. So reorganizing, new school districts, everything, paying their rent on time, trying to reestablish their credit, and now having their rent being even more than the house payment they couldn't make. I mean, how do you? How is that really affecting not just black families, but the dynamic of a family? I'm talking about mommy, daddy, baby, baby, teenager. Well, I think it just you know makes the family dynamic more unstable because I work right. with families and and what we go they go through that they split up. When the person's over here trying to keep their housing, the person who takes the kids over here trying to keep housing. So now they put in a position where they're trying to maintain two houses when they couldn't afford to keep one going. And so, in essence, what these happens to these people is they wind up having to go into CFS, uh, you know, uh, child welfare services. They got to go get on food stamps. Uh, they, if the children need anything like therapy or whatever, you know, they have to go through these so-called county or city uh, organizations. And here's the the kicker to that. These people are so overloaded that if somebody comes in and needs help, it's almost like the military, the soldiers, so they have to wait six months or a year to get into the (laughs) veterans' hospital. These people now in these city programs are having to wait because they can't see them. And so families are put under even more stress, especially if you've got a child that's acting up because of a, a, a dissolvement of a, a marriage or something. These kids wind up getting put on medication. It is devastating what this, this effect is having on, 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 on families. But, you know, we have to go back. And when you talk about the open Raiders and the Coliseum and all the stuff that they're doing, and now they're starting to charge on the weekend for the pocket beaters and all that kind of stuff. The objective here, the objective here, and we have to be really clear about that and understand what it means, is to suck every dime out of the working person's pocket. And if you and, and you have to go back, and I'm going to tell you, you have to go back and you have to read a couple of books, and I, I'm always encouraging people to read them. One is called The Wandering Jew, and the other one is called The International Jew. And this book was written, one of them was written by Henry Ford back in 1930. And yep. he was talking about this so-called 1%, how they control every aspect of our lives. And they even stated out in the book, in the writings, that we're going to give them a raise. We'll give them a raise to $15 an hour, but we're going to raise the, the cost on everything else that they have to use. So giving them a raise of $15 is not going to mean anything. And, and you know, it's, it's almost like a waste of energy. What's really going to have to take place in America is a real revolution. 
because you said like the Raiders and, and the Giants and all these people, these are nothing but modern-day gladiators. If you, if you think back to the Roman days, only the dignitaries was allowed to go watch the people fight in the arenas and all that stuff. The poor people could not afford to get in there. They, they stood outside the walls and cheered. And this oh, is I forgot going about, on. You're right about that. I forgot all about that, sir. Yeah, it, this right. is going on in America now. The, 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 average, the average family cannot afford to take their kids to no rate of gain. But this is a two-party system here, you know, and yeah. uh, two-party system, Dr. Breaker, what was it? What do they call that? Communism. Wasn't that uh, communism back in the day? Those that have, those that have not in the regime control, we're right yeah. here. Well, well, the whole thing of it is that they're controlling everything. So even if you get out and you go down there and say, okay, we want you guys to stop charging so much rent, say they do it. One way or the other, they're going to undermine it by upping the, the, the cost of everything else that you have to do. So, But the objective, we have to be aware that the main objective is to keep the average person working and working two or three jobs if possible. What did the Senate say when, uh, you know, they were talking about giving people a raise or when they were coming to ask for a raise? They said people don't need a raise. They need to work longer hours. Yes, I remember yes. that. How can yes. you take care of a family if you're working round the clock? And this is, what people, this is what people are being subjected to. And until we, you know, it's about education, education, education. Uh, we have to get about the business of creating, starting a real revolution in this country. And that means that we have to stop participating in this stuff and really start to organize at a high level, and that's across racial lines and everything else. Because it, it's not just affecting black people and Mexicans. White people are going through the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, and, now, and now they're starting to see that we are in the same basket. The, and these people are afraid that we're going to come together and start to organize. And, and that's why you got all this stuff going on with Trump and all these different crazy people up there. They think that if they think for one minute that Trump getting elected is going to get them anything, they are sorely mistaken. Trump is not going to be any different than in, in any of the rest of those one percenters. He's not going to be any different as far as they're concerned. You know, uh, poor white people have historically voted for the Republican Party. The Republican Party is responsible for half of the poverty among white people, but they still vote for them because, you know, the one thing that we have, they have going here that historically has been in place is the, is the race card. They turn the yeah. groups against each other. They got the blacks against the Mexicans, the Mexicans, the, the Arabs against the, everybody on the planet. You know, so th the whole thing is to keep people disorganized and, and keeping their eye on something else instead of keeping your eye on the prize, which is them. We've got to get these people out of the out of the Senate, out of the Congress. We've got to get those people off the Supreme Court, and we've got to make these local politicians be responsible because these people act like they will, these jobs belong to them. And we don't do anything about it. They sit down there, and year after year after year after year, they don't do anything for the people, but then they come back. You don't see them until they want you to come out and vote. And naturally, they'll see that a few people get something so that they can, uh, you know, drum up enough support to get reelected because they know that we don't vote. 
The thing of it is, we of the people, by the people, for the people. Now it's of the people, for the people, but for my job too. <laughs> yeah, but and, and, and look and, and look at the at the at the, the presidential race that's going on. They're already talking about it. Don't make no difference who the people vote for. They got these super delegates and these uh, elected delegates that can vote uh, for anybody they want to help get the person elected to the White House. There you go. I don't know if you guys been paying attention to that, but they can. They have people who are, uh, are selected to be a delegate. And when they go to the, uh, you know, the Republican convention and Democratic convention, those people, you could get every vote in the state of California if those people choose to choose somebody else, they could do it. Yeah, and it's what? legal. It's legal because that's the way they organized it. There you right. go. Well, <laughs> let me let me let me just ask this question: um, What do you gentlemen think? I mean, you both are uh, well-renowned men in control of your destiny. You're both very professional. I mean, let's just let's just explore the thought of reorganizing, not necessarily the black family, but reorganizing how we live. Meaning, what about uh, joining a household? What about having uh, maybe family members and and more people living in the home that are just the immediate family. What about uh, changing uh, the perspective uh, of uh, and the um, appearance of what it means to be able to help maybe someone in the family who has the larger home pay their mortgage? What do you? I'd like both of you to give me a comment on that. Uh, would you be willing to do something like that? And how would that make you as men feel to? give up where you are to support someone else in where they are as a collective. Well well you know there there is a there is a program that's been initiated from many of the banks that took money from folks. It's called Keep Your Home California. And if you are in a crisis situation, you know, you you need to get in contact with them before they they foreclose and they put you into final thing. Keep your home California gives you an evaluation. That's that's something that I that I definitely wanted to let people know about. Now in, in response to you, Barbara, the the cleanup, the cleanup has to start with the child that's in the sixth and seventh grade. We have to make I feel we have to make the parents accountable, regardless of whether they are property owners or renters, before we can make the owners, I know people are going to, you know, they're going to, the phone lines are going to blow up when I say this, before we can make the owner, who we don't know, accountable. Because somebody is saying it's all right for a person to destroy my property and I can sell it for a profit. Somebody is allowing owners to buy property where it's not a conducive living or educational environment for the children. So the correction begins with educating the child first to living standards 
that's acceptable in a community where a kid can't go to school and call the teacher a MF, a B, I, T, C, H, can't do none of that, where the kid can't go to school with their butt hanging out their pants because they're going to take a pride about themselves, which brings pride into the community like it used to be. And then we can start seeing an effective change because now we might get some mentors down in the downtown who will say, you know what, I'm losing I'm losing my crowd because I'm getting educated people who are going to be voting now. I'm getting educated people who understand that change comes through a struggle of gaining more knowledge, not from a struggle of shouting, preaching loud, but gaining more knowledge on how to make the interest structure a little bit more favorable to those that don't have and need to receive. You know, that's 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 my take on it. I, I I know I'm gonna get I know I'm gonna get people hitting me and saying, you know, that the owners need to be challenged, but let's start let's start identifying who who are the people that are buying these properties. I know that I know there's there's a group out there buying some property that if you knew that this knew who this group was, I think you know, people would, would probably frown a little bit. From what I heard, there's a group out of people out there buying property, and if people really knew who they were, they might frown a little harder on seeing them come into their neighborhood. Well, well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Now, I remember when I've been in Fairfield for like 47 years, it used to be that the city of Fairfield we paid them for garbage and water and stuff. Do you know that we pay our garbage and water bill to some company in Florida now? Yep. Wow. In here, and they buy up properties, and they, when people was losing their homes, they bought up these homes and went in and threw the coat of paint on them and jacked the prices of them up beyond belief. Believe me, you got empty houses sitting around out here in Fairfield now because of that. And see, the whole and you're right. We need to identify who we are fighting against. We need to identify the people who are manipulating everything so that they can make all this money and keep us in a state of of, of two or three paychecks away from being homeless. Because that's basically what you do when you make it impossible for a person to work and save some money for a vacation or for a rainy day. Then eventually. Some catastrophe is going to take place, and that person is going to lose everything. Yes. And so, and 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 we have to identify these people so we know who we are fighting against. The same when what? we have to, the people go to the polls and 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 recall these uh, politicians. We got to find out who's doing this, and then what we want, we have to rebel against them by not dealing with them, but not spending our money with them. The same way that black people are spending all of their money in every community and nothing in their own, the reason being we have nothing. We are giving our money to the people, to the enemy, so to speak, so that they can keep on doing what they're doing to us. But but, but here's the thing. I mean, it's almost like I remember, you know, I can remember back when it was okay to say homosexuality is not a preferred that's something we're not going to do and we're not going to discuss it. And whatever people do in their homes is okay. But now if you make a statement like that, 
you know, you're and you're talking in front of ten or fifteen people, even though it's your personal belief. You got seven people that put up one eyebrow to you. You so, so that's the so that's the same kind of uh, ideology that is happening when we say, you know, it hasn't really happened yet, but I guarantee you, eventually it's going to happen. When we just say, hey, I just want to support an American. I don't want to buy any products from China. I don't want to buy any products that are made outside of this country, and I don't want to pay my rent to any conglomerate from uh, Bangladesh. I don't want to do it. I want to make sure that my money is rotating in the American economy. Now, uh, unless we are able to, unless enough of our white brothers and sisters are also affected in this way to where they feel that they need to go to city council and organize, I think that, because right now, white people are okay with us getting kicked out of Oakland. They're kind of okay with it. They discovered it, and they see the light. And, and you know, and it's happening because you know, in another, well, I'd say by September, you know, there's going to be three or four thousand people in downtown Oakland every single day because of the Uber offices that have taken over the Sears building and all the reciprocal vibration that that's going to cause when you put that happening right downtown Oakland. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're good with us being put out. That's right. So it's yeah. got to, they've got to see that they're a part. They've got to see that they're two paychecks away from being treated just the same as we are. Once they see that, then I think collectively we can come together and we can regain um, our American power. But you know, you know what, Barbara? The thing that stopped them from seeing it is the thing that you said you saw when you were paying for the couch. You see, hear, hear, hear me, hear me carefully. So what they do, and when when I say they, that's always been a word that we threw out from from evolution, they and we. But what they do, if they are challenged with the matter, they're going to open up and say, okay, all right, I'm going to let you rent my couch. And they will find someone that will come and rent that couch because because their communication and their education has prepared them to succumb and accept, I don't need to own the room I don't need to be the person on the, the deed. I need a place to sleep and eat. Our mentality was you always need a roof over your head and you should be at the head controlling your roof. Yes. So, and, mm-hmm. see, and, and, and we've never learned how to communicate so when a husband passes away or a boyfriend decides to move away, that you can say, okay, well, I'm going to rent this proportion of my place to somebody else. Oh, no, I'm going to let my girlfriend come in and stay, and she can just kick me back a little something, something. No, what the girlfriends do, let's get together and see how much we can help each other and move into another location 
or let's keep this one so good that we can live and have a life with us and our children until we find a father for our kids. Right. We, and, they, and, and this is and this is this is this is how we have to approach this. It's not like you know we we we're gonna have to put our pennies together in order to be able to make dollars and make wiser decisions. Because if we if I if okay. So we just got this raise, Pastor Kwaku, of fifteen dollars an hour. Supposedly, effectively, in the next year, six, six, eight months, we're going to go to a fifteen dollar minimum. But the bottom line, excuse me, is, and I don't, I've never agreed with raising the minimum wage. I, I never, and I never agreed with it because why didn't I agree with it? I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons why I didn't agree. I didn't agree because it does nothing for those people who make $20 an hour. You're Amen. still at 20. There's exactly. no, it's no sliding scale if you made, you know, and guess what? People who make 18 to $20 an hour, they started at $13. They might have started at 950 And if they put up with everything that went on at the job and they were elevated, they've gotten increments of 50 to 75% an hour uh, over a period of time, and they work themselves to 1850 so that they can be able to afford better things. So there's still a work ethic that is in play here, number one. And then number two, what's really important to know is that if you really want to advance and if you really want to be paid more, then you must advance yourself personally. Come you on you must work at your work ethic. You must work at your appearance. You must work at your demeanor. You must work at your education. You must work at how you look on paper. You must submit your applications to make more money. That's, and, and craft yourself, whether it's certifications, whether it's uh, um, uh, two years, whatever you got to do, that's what you have to do. And that is a more telling way of being able to advance yourself than waiting for some edict to say that you can go over here and work at McDonald's and make $15 an hour. Because what's going to happen to these places who are charging us, just like restaurants? I don't know if you guys have eaten out lately, but I've eaten out over in San Francisco. And what they do now is they put the chips inside of the bill They've raised the prices of the food uh, maybe 25 to 30%. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they made the sizes of the portions of the meal smaller. Uh, the yep. chefs have uh, a more they, – they take the glaze and make little speckles. I guess that's part supposed to be – you know, I'm a, I'm a healthy girl. So I don't need that glaze putting all over the, my plate where it used to be a dish. You know, they do that. And then yep. on top of that – they still want you to, at the end, tip your waiter. So, um, you know, it, it becomes, and then you sit there and you don't get good service. You sit there and you wait for somebody to come over and acknowledge you, give you a table, help you with this and that. I don't think it was a wise decision. But here we are. Now we make, all those out there making that 25 or $30 an hour, where's your raise? Because if you don't get one, Trust me, everything has gone up 25 to 35%. So what are you going to do? Pastor Kwaku, 
tell us in a nutshell uh, a little bit about how do we advance ourselves as a person, as an individual, when we want to make more, when we want to, uh, when we're in a financial crunch. Give us your take on what to do. What are the steps? I, I think that basically we we really have to go back to to the entrepreneurial spirit. We have to learn to work together as a community. A community is not one or two people or one or two or, two or three people or a church. A community is a is a, is is an organism that grows, that controls its own economics, that controls its education, that controls everything within the. And, you know, you have to be able to control everything in your house, just like your household. You have to be able to control all your bills. You have to be able to maintain everything in order for there to be order. A community has to be the same way. And we have to start operating like that because the reality of it is, I, you know, I was not against the $15 an hour, and, and, and just, but I understand why you were because it does absolutely no good for the masses of the people. Because the reality of it is, if you make it fifteen dollars an hour in California, there's absolutely nowhere here you can live. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, so what difference does it make if you're getting ten, twelve, eleven fifty, or fourteen and a quarter? You still in the same boat. But what incentive does it give the child? What incentive does fifteen dollars an hour give a child? coming out of school, preparing to lead a life of independence, where does $15 an hour stimulate them to say, I want to be the President of the United States? Yeah. Yeah. Where does the the independence go? Where does the independence come from? Nobody is free anymore. We are in what they refer to as modern-day slavery. We have to get up and go to these jobs that are not paying us enough to take care of business, and we are we are robbing Peter to pay Paul. We are not paying the PG&E this month. We're paying the water this month. Next month we're paying the garbage, or we we are dropping the uh, health insurance because we we say, well, I have to pray I don't get sick because I can't afford it this month. So hey, we try this on. Let's try this on. What is what is you got identified? while you were in school, as being a problem. Then you got a little uh, 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 challenge in your life, and you went to juvenile. Then you got out of juvenile, and you had a misdemeanor uh, uh, case pulled against you, and now you can't even get a job for $15 an hour. What do you have? Yeah, well, but if, if you listen to Michelle Alexander, Talk about the prison complex. Complex. Well, the prison complex does not start at the walls of San Quentin. They start in the school. They start right. in the healthcare system. They start by you know families being locked into a life of despair and no way out. That's where it starts at. And see, right. and, and once once we realize what what we're up against then we can come together as a group and operate and do something about it. But we're so fragmented. That is our major problem is we're still fragmented. All political lines, people are fighting against other people because you believe potatoes are white, and this person over here believes they're red potatoes too. You know, we are distracted when the real focus should be, you know, you ever hear people say if you're going to start a business, 
you've got to give yourself the first four or five years you're going to lose money, but you've got to stay focused on that business to make it profitable. Well, you've got to do that same thing in your communities. You've got to do that same thing in your life. You've got to do that same thing in your churches. These, these people need to be held accountable. That's 260-some thousand churches, and we've got 200,000 homeless people walking around. What are they doing? That's Nobody right. is doing what they were designed to do or what they are telling the people that they are doing. Just like the politicians, they're telling you one thing, you know, but a lot of people love Hillary, Hillary Clinton. But let me tell you what this woman did. And, and, and I don't trust none of the politicians. I'm going to be quite honest with you. That's where I stand. When, when the women in Haiti was, was fighting for higher wages, she had some kind of investment connection over there. They were trying to get a raise to 61 or 81 cents an hour. She helped, she helped to keep those people at 31 cents an hour. People don't know a lot of this stuff about these people because they're involved in all kinds of politics and, and, and money-making schemes around the world. They have investments all over, all over the world. That's why they call it now global economy because it allows these people who have money to make these kind of investments to take advantage of another group of people someplace else instead of here. And, but meantime, we are stuck with all these people here. What do we do with them? There's no more industry. There's no more jobs. There aren't going to be any new jobs coming in the near future because, number one, all those companies that took off and went out of here so they could save money on taxes or so they could save money by getting cheaper labor, do you think they're going to turn around and have a change of heart and come back and say, oh, well, let's go back there and pay those people $25 an hour? It ain't going to happen. Martin Luther King King said it in his speech. He said, if we're ever going to reach anything called equality in America, it's going to have to be something that does not depend, depend on the sympathies of white people or that 1% who are controlling our very lives. Amen. How does a child who's thinking about focusing on $15 an hour, how does an adult who thinks $15 an hour, how does a senior citizen who be lived all their life and think that I got to have this $15 an hour, how do they talk to a person, their peer, their relative, or their just associate about doing a container business for, 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 for transportation? You walk yes. around in Oakland and you see these large containers sitting around in, right. in, in, in Oakland. And people never ask the question, what are these for? What, how, do, how does my child become an owner of a business like this? Well, I tell you, if they can gear your child towards making $15 an hour, <laughs> you'll never know what it takes to put a container on the back of a truck or what it takes to load that. You make $15 an hour. You know, we're, we're trained. We're trained to go and work for somebody else. Even you get into the colleges and you, you go in and you talk to the students and well, I want to get a job in this place. I want to work for this company. It's all about the, the whole psychological mindset of capitalism is to get people geared toward working for somebody else. And we have to teach our people that 
you know, go and get information wherever that you can get information from. But you have to decide what do you want to do with the rest of your life. If there's a point where your child has to, well, what do you want to do with your life? And like when my son sat down and talked to me, they said, well, Dad, I don't want to do that. I said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm telling you the realities. I'm going to tell you what the system is like. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to explain to you how it works. Now, you come. You have to come up with something and say, I don't want to be in that. You have to make a decision about where you're going to be. And, 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 and also, they need to be encouraged, motivated, and mentored to understand that true, true success comes from within, that you have to go out and define who you are and what you're going to do. And, and you know, you, if you got to go to work, if, if you were a child, you had to put yourself back there. If somebody had act, told me when I was 16 or 17, Kwaku, you need to start you a business. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. no, nobody was talking about that. They were talking about, go get you a job, boy. Go get you a job. I didn't have a concept about starting a business, you know? And I think that most kids don't now. And even the ones who come from pretty stable homes go off to college, they don't have a clue about what they want to do. And some of them even go off and go to college and take up courses that are totally obsolete. They, you ain't going to even be able to get a job doing it when you graduate. Absolutely. You know? Now, that yeah. is poor counseling. And most of us, people of color, color women, uh, are the victims of poor counseling from the start. I mean, from when it should have been told a long time ago that when exactly. you're in ninth grade, you've got to get a certain amount of credit and you've got to be on to AP classes by 10th grade if not ninth, or you won't go to a four-year university. I mean, nobody is really holding these people accountable. They're letting our children fail, and then uh, then we're trying as parents to piecemeal it together later on down the line. When you find out you're in 10th, 11th, 12th grade, that you don't have the building blocks. To, there's no summer school to even make it up. So right. it, it, it's a big we're in a we're in a quagmire. And, yes. Uh, yeah, we're in a serious quagmire. And as American citizens, and as African Americans, as women, as minorities, we are in a quagmire. Everybody, you're listening to I Teach You Five CL, and this is Straight Talk with the Hired Fresh. My name is Barbara, and I had my illustrious guest, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Rodney Best, my guest uh, host here, and then, of course, Pastor Kwaku. So, Pastor Kwaku, you know, it's almost time for us to wrap up, but I'd like to know um, what is on for your show for Thursday night? Soul vibrates by vibration. <clears throat> uh, we're, we're probably going to just have an open mic, but, you know, what I was thinking about it after after I got the information about the, the housing crisis and people to use it as a, as a venue to really reach out to as many people as possible to make them aware of what's going on and just try to re-educate the community. Because after all, that is what the show is supposed to be about, uh, you know, finding out what people are feeling, what they're experiencing out there, and, and bringing them to the table to discuss how we're going to deal with this crisis because it's not a them, it's us. You know, it's yeah. us. And we all have to do something about it because every one of us got kids, grandkids, and nieces and nephews, and they are lost. They don't have a clue about where they're going to go 
you know, you can't work for $15 an hour because you'll always be staying with your parents or somebody, you know. Right. And so right. We've, we, we've got to do something now, and I think what I'm, we're going to do Thursday, I haven't talked to my co-host, Corey, yet because I've been trying to reach him. We have some people on standby, uh, Dr. Craig Adams, who is a noted psychologist, uh, who was supposed to come on and talk about Trumpism, so I'm not sure whether he's going to be available yet. I have to see if he's still going to be available. But okay. certainly, we're going to continue this conversation around this your whole housing uh, piece and because I'm experiencing it every day because I'm working with families and they come in and say, well, that's way cool. I can't afford I don't know what to do. I, if I pay the rent, this has to go. I can't pay yes. just. Childcare. If I can't pay childcare, then I can't leave the kids at home by themselves. Then I'll get reported. What am I going to do? And yeah, I, I, I and I'm feeling I like God, people are in such a horrible predicament, and these people expect me to go out there and 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 soft soak my way through. And I have to just tell them, look, these people are not trying to help you. They they have they've got all these agencies set up, county, city, you know, all of them, but. They're not doing anything for people. People are just getting paychecks to what they call just, just manage the cattle. You know, what what do they used to talk about in, in the medical field uh, where they just put a Band-Aid on and stop the bleeding? That's all yeah. they're doing. People's lives are being affected, you know, and damaged beyond repair because there are kids out there who are being medicated for this very reason that we're talking about, simply because they can't be in a stable environment. They can't be in a stable environment because their family is economically not stable. Well, I, I, I will tell you this, and Rodney, uh, this is uh, something I know in your industry you're probably seeing it too. I know you make house calls and you insure people and, you know, so what's going to happen, you know, when you see that single mother who has four children who can't raise them? I mean, I could just see, you know, how two people of the same sex, let's say, um, two white males who live over in San Francisco who make the excess of $250,000 a year would be better stewards in court over the black child than, let's say, the natural mother because she has not, according to the court, made the correct decisions to be able to support her child. So what what we what we're starting to see now is that there's a, a a more demonic thing happening in terms of the destruction of the family structure and 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 having the children be prey to the economics of it all. So Rodney, in closing, what do you think um, is happening in terms of? how this is affecting the family, and what are you seeing in your industry of insurance? How is that, and how can we best guard ourselves is what I'm asking. Well, you know, Barbara, I, I, I think there's, gonna, there's going to be a cry of saying, stop putting my kids out. Stop putting my kids out. Because, see, people of minorities, races are going to see that their children are being put out, but their challenge is the other person who's putting them out are putting their children into the housing. 
I mean, look around. You don't see seniors 60, 55, 65, and 70 years of age being put into these housing apartments, into these housing complexes that mothers with little kids, mothers with middle-aged kids are being put in the street. In, in the industry now, as far as insurance, people look at it and, and they say, my mother has it on me. I, I, don't, I don't have to worry about it. I said, but you got four kids. Oh, well, you know, yeah. I, that's, that's something I can't really put into my budget right now because I've got I to gotta put shoes on their feet. I've got to put clothes on their back. But they walk down a street where you hear gunfire. You, you walk down a street where you, where you hear cars skirting around. You walk down a street where you hear people screaming and hollering and fussing and fighting, but you say, I don't need family protection. Because the owner of your building, you don't know who that is. And they're not saying anything to the people downtown, hey, we need to put better security out of here. Come on, Walmart moved out of East Oakland because of the crime that was going on in the parking lot. Did we, did we see anything being conducted as far as saying, hey, you know what, what can we do to stop this? But none of the other stores in that mall, had said they were experiencing the challenge of crime, only Walmart. So in closing, I'm going to say this. Until the mothers, until the mothers that are saying right now black lives matter, turn and say, stop putting my kids out. We're not going to see that change beginning to come. When they say stop, putting my kids out, and elect the politicians who are supporting to stop putting my kids out, then we're going to see a change. But as long as we let them put our kids out, where our kids can't live around us, where our kids can't afford to be a part of our community again, we are going to be talking the same talk, walking the same walk, and saluting to a commander-in-chief that we don't know who the hell they are. That's all Rodney Best got to say right now. I agree with you, Rodney. Oh, I'm telling you, it's just something. Well, you know what? That's the greatest gift uh, to be able to communicate and to be able to talk to one another, respect one another. Uh, We don't have to see eye to eye, but as long as we dialogue and we enrich those who are listening and edify those who are in trouble. You know, I just want to thank Teacher5CL for allowing us this opportunity. Uh, this has been Straight Talk with the Higher Fresh. I want everybody to take mental note that tomorrow you'll be tuning in to, at 7.30, at Soul Vibrations, listening to our very own Pastor Kweku, Pastor Dr. Kweku. <clears throat> and can you give us the numbers that they would call in, uh, Dr. Kweku, please? Oh yes, it's uh, well, it's the same as yours. It's a seven two four, four 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 seven four four four, and then the the pin number, the ID number is one four zero three seven nine, and then the, the pin number is number one. Uh, once again, we will be on at seven thirty, and I think we're possibly going to continue to talk about this subject because it, it's really at the right now. 
and we need to seize the opportunity while people are going through it. Uh, get to let them understand that that help is on the way. That we are here in the struggle with them, and that uh, we all in this fight together. You know, uh, thank you, uh, TQ5CL Entertainment. Great show, Barbara. Oh, well, thank you again. I couldn't do it without you, Pastor Quaco. Very, very excited always to have you on set with us and in the penthouse. Um, I just wanted to say, Rodney, uh, we are so excited and delighted to have you involved. And, again, I think uh, uh, our next show coming up, we're going to have someone from a far land away. We're going to talk to some people of color in another nation. We're going to go overseas. So, I'm working hard uh, to bring us an overseas guest that might just set a different tone and give us some encouragement about entrepreneurship. So you guys can look forward to that in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Rodney, didn't you have a couple of projects that you're producing that people can be looking forward to as well? Yeah, you know, but right now I'm I'm actually uh, close to doing the transportation uh, project with uh, black truck driver owners, and it's just a matter of them <laughs> getting a little unbusy because right now what a lot of people don't know, the transportation, land transportation, is, and ground transportation, it's, 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 it's moving. So, but, you know, yes. hopefully, hopefully uh, you know, um, I don't want it to slow down for them, but I just hopefully hope that uh, we can go ahead and find a convenient time and and um, in this, just get them to say, okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna jump on in here because I think it'll be a way to save some kids' lives and at the same time educate Americans to say, and here's here's the slogan, folks: Stop putting my kids out. They're not just putting us out in the street and housing. They're putting us out. They're putting our kids out from almost every opportunity in America. If you are an inner city child, they're putting you out. They're putting you out. That's right. And do know this, that uh, Oakland just cut all the youth programs, all the funding, federal funding. They said they're going to renegotiate and put that money in other other hands and other programs and the ones that are existing. So we're praying uh, for our city. We're praying for Oakland. We're praying for you personally. We thank T25CL for allowing this opportunity along with Galaxy Talk Radio. Remember, tomorrow night is going to be Rosalind's Corner. Please support my sister, my beautiful sister, the entertainment director for T25CL. And I want to thank you, gentlemen, Rodney Best, my co-host, and Pastor uh, Dr. Kwaku for joining me and discussing this uh, subject this evening. All right. We will uh, see you, and to all, have a good night. Okay. Good night. Good night.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.